Well, hello and welcome to Nature's Neighbor, Growing From Your Roots podcast right here on this fun platform world that we're in. I am your host again, Melanie Blankenship, joined with my co-host, Eric Gorham of Red Frog Compost and Teas. It's kind of fun. We haven't done this again for a while and here we are, fun back playing again and sharing information and having the community conversation, you know, Nature's Neighbor. It's all about being neighborly. It's all about community. It's, you know, yes, this podcast is about what we want to share and translate through what we see and what we're doing. And how can we not start this conversation off with what we're seeing? Flooding in California. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, I got to work today and uh, did you see, well, I can't think of the gas station next door, but their roof over there. Oh, the Shell gas station on <laughs> yeah. in, a, in south of Tuscadero. Yeah, right across the street from my office. So Our wind gauge on the uh, roof of our house, we're in a low-lying canyon, right? So we're not a necessarily a high wind area, but we were clocking 45 mile an hour wind gusts this morning. So, you know, that's pretty gnarly. So oh, yeah. we're down low. I can't imagine what up high was. I just don't have a gauge up there. And we got... Um, a little over an inch and a half, almost two, in about a eight-hour period, which yeah. is pretty crazy for California. I know one of the ponds went up probably three to four feet last night, and then my pond didn't go up much, maybe a foot or two. But Weren't we just talking about drought? I don't know what that is. Yeah, I think we forgot about it already <laughs> because we have so much water in California, we have nowhere to put it. Yeah. So there's nowhere to go. I, oh, yeah. I well, laugh. Our pond went up. It was completely bone dry Thanksgiving. My son had a off-road vehicle accident in the bottom of the pond on Thanksgiving <laughs> Day. And you look at our pond, and it's a large pond. It's full, overflowing. It's got literally the force of water coming out of it is, in a sense, scary. for. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's eroding as it right. goes down, ri- <laughs> down the river. But, uh, yeah, here we are on January 5th, 2023, and we're talking about having so much water in California. The whole state is flooding right now, and we don't know what to do with all this water. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, where where do we talk about a drought Those or a flooding? Dry. Not that pictures translate well, but these are hand-dug wells, and they were that was two weeks ago, so it's got, that's about six feet down on a 24 foot well and that was dry that was two weeks ago when i took that picture Mm -hmm. the sad thing is about this eric is that you and i have been talking and i've been talking in all my radio shows and all my businesses that i have been invested in for 25 plus years and what have i been talking about healthy soils what have i been talking about storage water trees plants the way that we grow and it doesn't necessarily have to be you know, the landscape or the raised beds or you know, it's it's everything. The way we right. build, the way that we look at our environment. It's not that we need to put up new dams. It's that we preserve the areas that we already know are mm. water storage or watershed where I live. I mean, I giggle because we have a driveway that erodes in August. Mm-hmm. In August. When yeah. everybody's drying out, I am got water coming out of the ground that 
And it's not that it comes in at, at any specific time. It's when nature decides to go dormant. Mm-hmm. When those oak trees go dormant because it's too hot, they stop storing water and they release the water. And I'm watching my driveway erode in August because the trees are asleep. Well, how can we not look at those oak trees and realize that they are our biggest water storage? Why are we having flooding? Why are we having erosion problems like we've never had in California? There's pictures all over social media about the 99 freeway being underwater. (laughs) That's all farmland, right? Right. Yeah, barren farmland. Think about the toxins that are floating in that water right now. But at the same time, it's like it can't even leach in because there's nothing putting it in the ground. Case in point, I was on a job site. Well, somebody called me out. They said, can you come look at our property? We've had a lot of erosion. It's a vineyard that we've done a lot of work on, but we don't deal with the vineyard or, or any of the viticulture. But we're out there, so I'm like, for one, they put straw bottles up, and they didn't do it properly. But, you know, I was, I'm looking at the hillsides, and it's like, if you don't disc your hillside in the winter when it's raining, you won't have erosion. <laughs> you, know? you basically, and I see that all over this county. Yeah. Disc, you know, go out, it rains, go disc your field. Well, what you've done is made it so water can't soak in, it can't slow down. And your dirt ends up, you know, I have one out going to the Park Hill house where I just watch it every year for the last couple of years. Lose Go down into the neighbor's it. house. You know what I mean? They mm-hmm. disc and it ends up in the neighbor's driveway. They disc again this year. And the it ends sad up thing is, is it's, I understand disking. I do. I know it needs in spring. Exactly. <laughs> but it, it, but it's also building the soil. It's not farm it, farm it, farm it, disc it, disc it, disc it. It's build the soil. You can't keep putting the same crops in Mm -hmm. that same soil and expect good results every year. Like, I mean, why would you not think that your bank account would go empty if you're not putting something back in it? Or at least get your cover crops down for these permanent crops and have some soil armor and um, some roots in the ground. The sad thing is, Eric, is... You and I both know what the seed world is going on right now. How do you get cover crop seed? You pay it's a not, lot. You pay a lot. <laughs> but you're lucky if you even get what you pay for now. And the sad thing is, is here we are in this crazy world. I found a big thing of clover yesterday in my garage when I was moving. <laughs> I was going to say, you didn't find it on a shelf. <laughs> you cleaned got, house and found seed. I got red clover I'm going to put out probably this weekend. That's And it's ideal. Mm-hmm. The cold... That we had before this rain, and now the rain is just so beautiful. But at the same time, it's like, it's crazy to see how many people just don't know what to do. Because, yes, we've done a lot of really, really dumb things in government and developing in this society and our neighborhoods and our communities. And now we're paying the, the cost of mm-hmm. too much water in, in places that it normally used to be there, but doesn't have anywhere to go. Right. And just, I can't fathom, and I, I can't believe people aren't thinking about this, but we haven't had rain like this in years. Can you imagine what's flowing in our waters right now? Well, I'd rather <laughs> think, what what's what's flowing in Salinas and Monterey? Monterey County's water. Because, uh, yeah, from Paso Robles to Tascadero, we're basically shipping it down to another county. So, such yeah, a weird and, and thought. And that river huh? has not been cleaned 
in so long. You know, I, I was looking at it today. It's the highest I've seen it in years. And it's still, I mean, I've seen it a lot, a lot. I mean, it's nowhere compared to when it's going into, what is that, riverbank houses over there in their yep. front yards. And it's, you know, four feet off the 13-foot I remember when a little girl, as a little girl before the Walmart Plaza being built there, I remember seeing the river in there. Like, I've seen it in those people's backyards. Yeah, like literally, a, like ten feet from their front door on up their lawns. And the scary thing the is, is we were supposed to have the storm of the century last night, and it was pretty crazy with the wind and the Monday, rain. But it's saying two inches. I know, but they're also calling for seventeen days of rain. Oh, yeah. From this point on, so we're we're in for a different challenge, right? It's not doom and gloom like people are panicking it's just that you know why do people fear it's because they just don't know yeah. they, they've not they're not experienced in this and am i going to sit here and say i know no i don't but at the same time i have been working at preparing and i have to tell you oh, yeah. our soil is definitely showing that my work is paying off we don't have erosion mm-hmm. we don't have you know yes our pond went from zero to hero in a matter of no time but it can handle it it's just intense, and I'm just frustrated that I can't put a hydroelectric power plant on <laughs> the end of that water being shot out of there right now where I could be generating power because uh, <clears throat> I haven't seen the sun in days, so right. I know there's no solar. But, you know, like, why aren't we thinking like this? Like, never let an energy source go to waste. We, we can't afford it. Yeah. But never let a resource go to waste. Right. You know, and yeah, it's we can do rainwater captures and all of that, but we have to be smart in how we're doing it. Nature provides the storage. Nature provides the treatment plants that naturally have, you know, when an oak tree storing uh, water, it's not dealing with mosquito larvae. It's mm-hmm. actually storing water for us. And so, you know, there's a lot to be thinking about. And my sadness is I guess maybe I hang out with the cool people because all of our people, this is what we've been doing. We're thinking yeah. about preserving those oak trees because we don't look at it as just a tree. We look at it as our survival. Right. And well, yeah, I've been hoping, and you haven't seen this, the county did studies. They they went over the studies about a year ago, and then they put them on a shelf. And never to be talked about again, but it was how to sequester water in the county on the cheap. And there's a lot of very cheap ways, it, it, usually in, in the form of property. These retention basins. I can think of even some in Paso that could be lakes right now. Mm-hmm. And you get those in there. You get those re- cheap retention basins on property that the city already owns or, or maybe can buy. And we start pumping the water into there. And then it overflows and goes down to Monterey. Um, you know, we, we need to put our water back into our basin. And it um, seems like all we do is look for other answers. Like, what can we get from the state? What funding over here? Well, yeah, get the funding and put the water back in the ground. That's all you really need to do. And in the meantime, I did this years ago. We had a, a development we did 20 years ago. And there was these big retention basins that had to go in. And we put parks in them. It was just a site. You know, it was just to sell more houses. We weren't the developers. We, But they said, you know, these things are ugly. And we're like, well... Make parks out of them. You know, you put some you know, those little metal uh, barbecue pits and chairs that are staked down, and they flood out every. They're probably flooded out right now. <laughs> but when it's not flooded, it's a recreational area, and you know it's dual purpose, and it's it's pretty simple concept. Put the and water back in the ground. And that's a, the thing. You know, we keep doing things like 
you know, the planting moratorium that our county just passed, another ordinance over our Paso Basin. And granted, I know the politics behind it. I understand it. But at the same time, you know, the first thing you hear is a planting moratorium, right? People think, oh, I can't plant. Well, you know what? You're talking to a nursery grower. So when I heard you can't plant, I needed to read it because I'm like, wait, what the heck, right? But how about building soil? How about allowing other things to plant? Like, mm-hmm. we're so caught up in commodities. We're so caught up in the, the rat race of Wall Street that we forget that there's so many other things that need to be done in order right. for us to plant. So, yeah, okay, granted, government comes in with some off-the-wall ridiculous things. But at the same time, that doesn't mean stop, I'm done, I'm moving out. That means I got to rethink things differently. Mm-hmm. And how do I better utilize a property that I was going to make a living on a commodity, maybe? I mean, we have a piece of property right here close to the um to the store here in Templeton that is getting ready to plant vineyards. And I was just told that it was after the purchase price of the property and after they now have assessed and zoned out how they're going to plant it, it's something like $46,000 an acre to plant. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, who can afford to plant that? I, uh, we, You and I both know. But at the mm-hmm. same time, again, Wall Street can afford that. I can't afford, and the thing is, is what are you going to do? Sell, you know, a a $10,000 bottle of wine, and they're saying that they're doing it to keep wine prices down. How do you plant $46,000 an acre and keep wine prices down? None of that jives, right? Like, when you have a simple business mind, (laughs) that jives. Wall Street mind might be a little different on that. But, you know, to all of us other farmers that are wanting to actually be stewards of the land be better environmentalist i'm sorry if you're a farmer and you don't think you're an environmentalist i don't know how you can't right and and, i've been industrial farmer land farmer there might be some differences and maybe that's why you wouldn't call yourself an environmentalist Mm -hmm. if you actually truly knew what the definition of environmentalist is like you can't farm without the environment being in a balance if we have these peaks and valleys continuously you're going to be so done with being an, a farmer. Right. What are we going to do? So you have to find the balance. But at the end of the day, it's we have to think differently. We have to think we have to put the investment back into naturally growing land and soil and ability to capture this water, capture the humidity ap- mm-hmm. out of the atmosphere. Um, the Selenian Indian tribe just put out, they were doing some studies and there's a couple other Indian tribes that were doing water vapor studies because, you know, they were not thinking about, oh, I'm going to be able to build a new municipality because they couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. They were doing studies on water vapors in the atmosphere, and they were showing that the humidity levels in California are three times higher than they've ever been. And so now they were like, okay, how do we capture these humidities, water vapors, how do we put that back in the soil? Everything went back to the loss of trees is why it's hanging out in the atmosphere and not going back in the soil. So everything they were doing was protecting and not allowing ranging, not allowing building or developing anywhere near different types of groves of oaks or different types of groves of sycamores and and riverbeds because 
they were noticing that they could actually put more water in the soil and capture it out of the atmosphere as simple as protecting trees or, or allowing older trees to seed to have new growth. It was like, it, it doesn't take rocket science to figure this out. And studies are in the Selenian uh, Indian tribes archives. It's in, you know, the, many tribes are doing this because they are having the same effects of the drought that we had two weeks ago. You know, because remember, <laughs> we, were, we, two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. we are talking drought now, you know, when Nasameno and San Antonio rise in the feet level overnight. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> got a ways to go, but yeah. It's, you said you had reservoir totals. Are you, are you seeing something drastically in the change? I, I'm Santa seeing Margarita, picture. Santa Margarita is about 80%. Are you kidding me? That's what I See? read this morning. You have, but you look at, um, what do we have here? Lopez. Uh, I'm actually looking at rain total. Where's the damn to? So yeah, Santa Margarita, Lake Nacimento is still at only 38, but it was down below 13. Yeah. So it's and that's it, a large lake, and it and it's, it's almost it's, quadrupled. Yeah. Yeah. You know? um, Lopez is at 25. It was near empty. Uh, well Rock's at 72, almost 73. That was almost empty too. Um, you know, I'm looking at local stuff, but uh, well, San Luis Reservoir where we get a lot. Of a stored water is only at thirty six percent, you know, and the one that the ones that everybody talks about, Oroville, thirty nine, Shasta, thirty four. The Shasta thirty four. I've drove driven by there the last two years, taking Harley to school, and it looks like a little creek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so so say that for they're thirty four percent, and it and these are. Um, when was know, that updated? When was the date? Was th- this morning. Yeah. So, you know, our rain total, if you look at a Tascadero, they have an average of 12 inches. They're at pretty much 11. That's crazy, huh? You know, Paso, where's Paso here? Uh, well, we've got Templeton. Templeton 13.5, 13.05, and it's at 12.29. And I, yet, I'm only 13 miles away from Santa that. Santa Margarita's already at average. That's crazy. You know, they, they're about tied up with their average, so... Uh, I'm 13 miles away where the farm is. Well, Rocky Butte's over. Yeah, so yeah. What is Rocky Butte? It's at 39 <laughs> this morning with an average of almost 35. I'm 27. I'm very close yeah. to Rocky Butte's total, and we're 27 for the season already. And that was right. this morning. That's not counting after I left. And when I left this morning, we were raining still. Not pouring or anything, but it was still raining and so, but the thing is, is that's what I always talk about at, on our ranch. It's, it's not, you look at here and we get an inch of rain and it looks like it rained, right? Oh yeah. Out there, it looks like it rained for about 10 minutes. And then those oak trees and the madrones and the bays absorb that moisture so quickly mm-hmm. that it's gone. And it's, it. how do we not want to protect that or do better about, you know, having more, of that kind of storage you know it's not it's not just a reservoir it's not just mm-hmm. our basins it's not just you know a planting moratorium no planting it's thinking outside the boxes and being better about what we're doing the right. first thing we can do is stop wasting and start conserving if we could just do that can you imagine what we could do you know if we don't get any rain after january because we are notorious for this right we, right you know, the last couple of years, we've gotten all of our storms in one week. Yeah. And well, then that was it. 
Looks like we're going to have three weeks coming. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's, that's where I'm <laughs> And we already have some rain, so, you know. I mean, it's about, you know, I, I you know, the other day, um, I, I cheated on the show. I went on a radio show, and mm. um, we were looking at rain tool. We weren't talking about this kind of stuff. I was It was with Dick, mm-hmm. and uh, we were talking politics, but he slid over you know, historical rain totals. And, you know, you really look at them, they really haven't changed much. Nope. They're almost identical. We get years where we get 25 inches. We get years where we get six inches. We get, it's just a, just, it's a pattern if you really look at it. So it always cracks me up when we're like, we're in a drought. And we're, no, we're not managing our resources. Because mm-hmm. we know how much, statistically, we get the same amount of rain. It's in a cycle. It goes up and down, up and down, up and down. You know, and, and for me, the only thing I always hope for is the back-to-back rain years. I love a back-to-back. That's when the Salinas gets cleaned out. That's when you, you know, if we got 25 inches this year and 18 or 20 next year, you're going to see that river flow. Well, it's also because you're a farmer, and <laughs> farmers don't get days off unless it rains. <laughs> right. We haven't really had days off, Eric. That's so, true. That's like true. I, people ask me, you know, how how are you handling the rain? I'm like, I'm doing great. <laughs> I haven't been able to sit inside and stare at it for a long time. You know, it's it's what you what we get used to though, and it, and it is water so political in California now, where it's it's been easy to push a political agenda, right? right. You know, when there's no rain coming, right, and this hot and this high humidity when you know when it's a hundred degrees when when it was a hundred degrees when you and I were growing up. It didn't feel like the hundred degrees that you and I are dealing with now. Oh yeah, the yeah. humidity mm-hmm. are higher. And the thing is, it goes back to the same thing you and I are talking about. It's we have nowhere to capture that humidity. We mm-hmm. we don't have the ability to put it back in the ground when it's got concrete on top of it or it's got buildings. And I'm not I'm not one of those. It's like no building because I understand economics when it comes to yeah. building, but there's got to be a balance. There has to yeah. be somewhere where there's a give and take in this. Well, I, I was looking at Paso. And Paso, you know, you have to have these retention basins on almost any project you do. They're not big enough to really affect anything. I've seen a few. Um, there's one development we did in Paso a while back that has a pretty big one. Mm-hmm. Um, but the city should be doing it. Don't make develop. I mean, so, yeah, you want to get the housing developments. The most ridiculous catch basins you'll ever see. You know, these little tiny things and... Get plugged up. Um, but, you know, if you have a gully in a housing development, make it a catch basin, like I said, and put a park in it for mm-hmm. the summertime, you know? So you make got it you dual purpose. Make it something that is beautiful. And, of course, that's all That's where that, you're going to get thousand or acre feet coming in. That's you know? all, you know, development and marketing and, and again... My pond, you should see my pond. It should be a catch. It is a catch basin because all it does is suck it down. Like it drinks that water. Yeah, that's ours. Ours I can't get over two feet in that pond and it just sucks it down. It's crazy because our pond also has a spring underneath it. Yeah. So when it's dry, all of a sudden a spring will kick up and you're like, wait, the pond's dry, but there's water coming out from underneath the dam. Right. So you're like, wait, where's that water coming (sighs) from? But. Um, it's crazy the way we sit here and we talk about developments and creating gullies and catch basins and all of this stuff. You know, there's places that have swales and all, you know, mm-hmm. you and I in our terminology, right? We know what all this means, but it's crazy to me too. Like there's some older developments that created beautiful native barriers and of plants and walkways 
and, and swales and catch basins. And it's weird how the marketing of that when the development happens or is going on, but then once it's in and done, nobody wants to do the maintenance and the maintaining of it. So I get the whole political push of like, oh, I'm not going to do that because it becomes a nuisance or it becomes a waste or, you know, there's, you know, well, we could put a food forest in there, but who's going to maintain it 10 years from now? Yeah. And again... Well, some of these... What's that development in Paso? I've never Oak looked Commons. too big in it, but it seems yeah. like a cool thing. Yeah, and it's and Oak Creek Commons is common, common community home, co-housing, right? And they have that going on. But mm -hmm. again, it's like there's got to be some give and take. It's like we can't keep thinking we can develop or we can't keep doing all of this if there isn't going to be people that are going to continuously maintain mm -hmm. it. And it, it shouldn't be so easy to get out of it. And I guess... I think differently because, again, here I am. I don't even know how many years I've been a farmer, and I am seeing so many people going, I can't do the new regulations and the new compliances and the new costs. I'm out. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go get my, you know, different job. Farm. Look at look at eggs. I mean. I told you it was coming. <laughs> I, I warned everybody. I've been sounding the alarms. And But the sad thing is, is it's like people are asking me what's going on. I'm like, well, what, where do you want to begin? New compliances, new regulations change people. Mm -hmm. Then the commercial markets get bigger. You can't get bigger when you're doing this. What happens when you stack all of your chickens on top of each other? They get sick. Mm -hmm. And then the ins and outs, the movement, the fasting, the pushing harder, the cheaper. Oh, because we went cheaper, people didn't get paid. Oop, they didn't feed their animals. Oop. They didn't maintain their infrastructure. Oh, now we got a virus that can't stop. Avian flu. And it's, it again, give and take. The demand is higher during this time of the year because everybody's home, quieter, inside because it's rainy. What do they want to do? They want to cook and they want to bake. The societies of our lives now have changed. They don't realize that eggs are actually seasonal. To yeah. have eggs this time of the year is uh, a push. You have to put lights on your chickens. Uh, you yeah. have to heat them. You have like energy costs. Has anybody looked at their PG&E bills lately? Even with solar. Oh, by the way, you have a new charge on there as of January one. Like there's just you know there's so much to this. And again, supply and demand. Right? There's more demand than there is supply. We usually are getting eggs from you know, out of country that are allowed to get away with certain things that we are not allowed to get away with. And to be able to keep the price down, there's those incentives and in the free trade, not free trade. What is it called now? It's a new trade agreement that we ship them arms and they ship us poison food. Isn't this a <laughs> wonderful agreement that we have? Right. You know, but Americans have had it too easy for mm -hmm. too long. And we push it too hard. Again, there's no balance. We don't maintain the infrastructures. We want to talk about drought or famine or COVID or this or that. And it's like, all of that's preventable. Oh, but yeah. it takes work and it takes balance. You know, I'm sad to see the amount of sick people right now. Like the new variant or the RSV or this or that. It's like, people, this is all preventable. Yes, you're going to get sick, but you're not supposed to be sick for over a long period of time. And then it captures you again and captures you again and captures mm -hmm. you again. That is telling you you're tired, dehydrated, malnourished. 
you can be overconsumed. Now you've been eating too much ice cream. I'm an example of that. <laughs> you know, I have a teenage son, or he's 20 now. I can't say teenage. 20-year-old son home from college right now trying to gain weight for football. And what does he want? Pints of Strauss ice cream. Darn him. <laughs> he brings it home, and mom has to get her spoon in there, too. You know? But you know, uh, I got to not overconsume if I'm going to stay healthy because I'm being exposed, and I don't want to be sick. Oh, yeah. I know I I want to sit and enjoy the rain. I want to go out and work in the rain, and I can't get sick. So I'm gonna do. You yeah, know, I've been doing everything I can. Yeah, you know it's. Uh, you gotta stay hydrated. And look at where you hydrated. and I live. We have citrus that is the most beautiful right now. The car carnivals are in. The blood oranges are in. The mm. limes, the lemons. I mean, those are all antiviral, vitamin C. I love blood oranges. There's mm. nothing but I. Go look in the grab-and-go. I have fresh, squeezed blood orange juice in there. People, it's crazy to me, too, that how many people go, what is this? And I forget, Eric, that you and I are in a bubble. We get to live in paradise. Mm-hmm. There's nothing we can't dream of well, that I, still can't happen here. I, I think I was looking at Facebook. I was looking at something the other day, and somebody goes, you know, this time of year, everybody, this is, you know, this is a week or two ago during the holidays, and it's like, Eating season, people are eating different things. Support your local rancher. Mm-hmm. And I look at it and I go, that's nice to say. But if you don't give people a way to support they don't know how to. Mm-hmm. So if you can't put up a link or give them a phone number or give them a website or whatever it is. Nature's Touch to Nursery people, and Harvest.store. <laughs> I talk to people all the time. I'm like, they're like, well, you can support. You buy your meat from blah, blah, blah. You raise your own. You do whatever. And I was like, I just make a phone call. Mm-hmm. Or I go to, like, Nature's Touch. You know, it's that simple. And, Eric doesn't you know. feel good. Where does he go? <laughs> Nature's Touch, I need a green drink. Yeah, let's do a red one today. You know, and that's our fresh veggie drinks. And it's, and that to me, not only being your friend, but it's an honor to feed you good food and, and help you feel better. Right? right? Like, that's... Oh, yeah, I'm mineralizing with all these sick people around here, I see. It's crazy, Where huh? I go to, you know, I was, where was I? Somewhere last night at some store and you know walking around people are coughing and hacking and it's like uh scary (laughs) go away i know but i do not need that right now and that's the world that it is it's like then the sad thing is is how the same thing you and i are talking about in our environment and in our community is the same thing that's going on in our own bodies People don't realize that we're, our soil is off balance, so our bodies are off balance. We mm-hmm. have to do, and the longer we keep kicking this bucket down the road and thinking that some government or somebody else is going to pay the bill or fix it, the longer and the harder it's going to be to reverse it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can be sick and be sick and be sick, but the more you're doing this and allowing your body to be sick, the harder it is to get better. Right. The more you want to avoid it, the more it's going to come back stronger when it comes to the vengeance. And that's what I keep telling people. It's like, yeah, you can just keep allowing this to go and you can keep making excuses that, oh, well, such and such said, or this is too hard to deal with. The more you keep doing that, yeah, I watched the, the less docu- you're going to have later. I watched a documentary the other day and it was how people eat. And it was, it was really going on. You know, like lower middle class, lower, you know, uh, poverty level. And you what you saw was a lot of dollar meals, a lot of this. And I remember they're talking to the people. I'm like, why don't you go get a banana? Oh, bananas are expensive. But I was like, you eat a banana or a dollar hamburger, which one's going to fill you up? 
least yeah. you're going to get potassium. You're going to get sugar. You're going to get, you know, different minerals in, well, as long as it wasn't nitrate gas, but you're going to get <laughs> good minerals that you're not going to get at all in that burger. And I mean, in nowadays world, is that burger really meat? Yeah, yeah, we don't. I mean, we don't even know what we're really and eating. If you can with that. actually know your seasons and know what's in mm-hmm. season, you say you know when things are in season, they're cheap because yeah. we have an overabundance and we're not getting them from uh, Brazil or wherever they're coming from. Well, talk about Brazil. That is all these people that were eating their prime rib for you know Christmas and all of that. Does anybody realize where a majority of that's coming from now? And it's not even like hidden anymore. Like. Back in the day, there was kind of like a, shh, don't tell anybody it's coming from China. Right. Shh, don't tell anybody that we just made an agreement with Brazil to bring all that Brazilian meat in. No, But now it's like, it's like, oh, yeah, here. You know, it's yeah. like, well, people it's don't even realize. Well, it's kind of funny when we're selling them our beef and they're selling us their beef. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, you know, the whole keep it local thing has kind of gone out the window. What happened to yeah. that? Like, I mean, like, it is expensive. Beginning of COVID, it's hard. It was keep it local, support your local shops, and, and, and actually get out and start a garden, get out and raise maybe an animal, and that, that didn't last very long. No, it got hard, it and did. that's why. Yeah, you have to pull the weeds, and you have to, yeah, you got to call are, the butcher. What are, we, what are we doing? Speaking of butchers, I mean, look at our area. We went from two... So now we only have one. You know, Crescent Valley Meats is going to be our last, last standing processing, USDA processing. Yes, we have some other state, but people don't know and realize all the new regulations that are going into that. You know, the more that people demand, you know, safe, humane, which I've always, to me, it's like, why do I have to demand that? I'm going to make sure of it. Yeah. Like that's, to me, you don't. You don't treat your food badly. Why would I treat my romaine lettuce anything differently than I would treat my my steers? Like mm-hmm. to me, there's like that is nourishment for me and the people that I'm feeding. That's the farmer that I am and the business owner that I am. Why isn't that standard? <laughs> like, are we really say is selling food or are we just selling junk? Yeah. You know, so Well it's interesting because I see people, you know, I deal with a lot of people all over the place and you know, I have people, especially in California, that are like, you know, I got like a guy in Riverside. He's like, so uh, when do I get a half cow out there at your place? You know what I mean? But they're looking. Like, I respect that. It's like they're like they want to have something that's not from the store. They're feeding themselves. And it's, it's but you don't see that too often. It's really too bad. It's easy to go down the store, get your, gosh, I mean, even I was in the store the other day. I don't ever go to the store, hardly ever. I was in one of Albert's one of them mm-hmm. and um i was like man it's expensive like <laughs> i go to like costco and i'm like i expect it to be expensive because they have a little bit better but i you know i usually get it but when you go to the store and you're seeing just a regular nothing special tri-tip for seven dollars a pound or whatever it is i'm going there's nothing good about that meat it came from probably brazil, brazil. and uh yeah, yeah and it's that much. Yeah, and it was it people was do, wet aged in a. How do people? Truck, you know? <laughs> how do people buy tri tips like they do when there's? This is my concept. Like, you know, when I have new people that walk in the store and they know that I raise meat and I mm-hmm. USDA harvest it, and the first thing they do, well, how much do you sell your tri tips for? You know, that's like the first. I'm like honestly, I don't sell my tri tips, <sighs> and he goes, "What do you mean?" I'm like, I kind of like send them back. We have a waiting list for them, and. People will get them 
when we harvest. You know, I harvest humanely one at a time, you know, only a few head at a time because I only have 200 acres to range these guys on. And I'm not feeding corn, soy, or wheat. I thought you ranged them on your neighbors, too. Well, that's when the fist breaks. (laughs) Um, You know, and so, funny. Or it's going to go on yours now, Eric. So, you know, it's, it's, you're getting a delivery on Saturday, so you just better watch it. So, it's, it's. Trying to explain to them there's only two tri-tips to a whole cow. Right. And then they go into a place like Costco or, you know, these other places and they see all these tri-tips. But then they don't right. see, you know, the flat meat or the flank or flat irons or oso boco or, you know, they don't see the bones. They don't see the fat, the tallow. Yeah. They don't see all that. Pick that flat iron all day long. You and me both, right? (laughs) I mean, I'm on flap. When you... When you can do a a little bit of like a red wine vinegar and some, you know, peppercorns and, you know, maybe a tomato and garlic and onions and you let that flat meat just cook slowly on a slow flame for a couple hours and then it just shreds. There's nothing better than that kind of <laughs> that the flat meat, you know, and that's what we like to make tacos with or yeah. enchiladas or tamales. And we did, you know, we did our pork tamales that we did in a mole sauce, which is cumin and cinnamon and mm-hmm. all of that. And it was so good. And again, this is this is how we live here because we still have the choice to. Yeah. You know, we're fighting like heck to keep open land. We're fighting like heck to keep water on our properties. And and we're fighting like heck to just do this right, safely, humanely. But it is changing. It is changing drastically and fast. And I just, you, as you said, where did the local food movement go? I'm asking that same question. But maybe we can stimulate it to come back. Or... Mm-hmm. How about maybe we don't need to stimulate it to come back. Maybe we need to move it in a different direction. That local food isn't that you're going out and buying it. Local food is that you're outgrowing it. Oh, yeah. And not wasting resources to do it. And not thinking you go to a Chinese-based corporation to buy things to grow it. I think if people, if you can slow down and put your fingers in the soil, you'll find that it grounds you pretty quick. And I think that's something we miss a lot anymore is that grounding. We're too busy. We're too all over the place. It's easy to run into Taco Bell or Jack in the Box or whatever it is and eat something that if you knew where it came from, you might you might think again, yes. <laughs> you know. But then you get your hands in the soil. You grow, like this time of year, you're growing, you know, if you're growing radishes and carrots, whatever it is, like your, your hands are in the soil. And if you put them in there and you go kind of take care of that every day, you're going to have a little peace of mind. And grounding, I do believe when you ground yourself, like literally in the ground, you smell your hands, you I smell feel the soil. I do. I you don't. Know, it will. It will relax you a little bit, and it'll it'll kind of put you back with nature a little bit. December and January are all about permitting and mm-hmm. fee fee paying and taxes and end of the year inventories and new uh, compliances. <laughs> and literally, I I despise, and I'm grateful that it's now, you know, the holidays. It's chaos. I'm grateful it's now raining because at least I can justify being in, maybe I might be a little ahead of the game because it's raining and I, I'm actually being forced to do my computer work. But I'll be honest with you, people that have to do this every single day of their life and not have the ability to get in the soil, 
please look for me and search me out because I will go out and get you dirty because I don't know how <laughs> you can do this every day and have your mind this heavy all the time without being able to go out and pick a tomato or pull a carrot out of the ground or watch nature do what it's supposed to do or take a deep breath yeah. and really clean open soil air. Yeah, and sometimes it's taking five minutes a day to pick a couple weeds, pick a couple tomatoes, pick whatever it is, some squash. And it doesn't and, have uh, to be in an open field like you and I are exposed to. Oh, like, no. I'll be honest well, with you, you know when, I, when I'm here at the store and I'm, like, feeling like this, Eric, when my head is hurting, and I go out into one of my wine barrels of soil and I'm pulling out oregano that has gotten too out of control around my peach tree, and I pull it out and there's just, like, all these earthworms and then I realized, oh my goodness, I just pulled up a nest of ladybug eggs. And how cool is it that I got to go to another wine barrel that has onions growing in it and the soil is all open and I planted that oregano that had that nest of ladybug eggs back into that wine barrel. So next year, I'm probably going to be pulling out oregano out of my ears again because I literally have oregano, Greek oregano, growing like the massive weed in my... And, and I giggle. Why is it growing? Because I let it go to seed, and it's everywhere. And, yeah, I have oregano weed. You know, <laughs> it's a bad thing, right? Uh, but it's like it's yeah. like moments like that. It did I need all day? No. No. It was an hour. Yeah, I've been looking because i got to buy some stuff for the new place. And uh, cause I, don't, I haven't really planted anything. Well, I haven't planted anything. You have anything. a new canvas, Eric. We get to play. I know. I'm going to make a delivery on Saturday. <laughs> We're going to start this plane. Huh? But yeah, I was thinking like, you know, I'm going to go easy. Easy stuff probably to begin with, which would be to me like artichokes, asparagus, berries, because I have so much shade out there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the perennial, get the perennials going. and uh, That valley needs a big greenhouse, though. I'm going to have to tell you. Because <laughs> that, that right now... Eric is moving to Santa Mar- or has moved to Santa Margarita up on a hill that has this beautiful valley that is going to be cold, right? But it needs a it needs a hoop house because if you got a little hoop house or a greenhouse in there, we could have probably some awesome, you know, end of year longer stuff, yeah. early season stuff. Well, the only problem the that side, if you go on the other side from where I'm at, is is it gets blasted by the yeah, wind. wind. You know. Like, I could do them in those, those little couple acres I have in front of my house. You could do hoop houses there because it's yeah. protected very well. And it's interesting because I, I find it really interesting how those the old-timers built these houses because there is two wells behind that house, uh, both hand-dug wells. One has a windmill and one, somebody at one point hooked in a well. You know, they hooked in, they just dropped a pump in there. But where that windmill is, there will be no wind with that windmill because they just they found the spot where the wind is all the time. So it's but pumping. there's no wind anywhere else. You know, it's pretty like people look at me like that. You need to, you know, it does need to be oiled. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, because of the squeak. <laughs> but oh, uh, a squeak like, wheel always gets even, the grease. Everybody, there's not even windy. I go, no. There's a little thing that goes right there. Like they figured out where to put that cool. thing. Yeah. Because our, and the thing is, is I think that's our cell phones and our day-to-day life now is so, it confuses us and it distracts us and it, it makes us lost. Mm-hmm. Where back in the day when you didn't have all this stuff, you were more intuitive. Right. You were more in tuned with what nature was really doing. And I think that's where, 
I think that's where we're lost. I remember when I used to say I was never going to do my business off of a computer. And I laughed because <laughs> I can't do anything without my cell phone. And it's right. like, what? We, we need to stop for a second and sit back and enjoy and really rethink how we keep moving forward. Because nature's changing. Whether we want to admit it or not, it's changing by what we're doing. Not because of, you know, climate control or climate... It's how we are utilizing the soil we're standing on. Yeah. And it's not in the atmosphere, my people. It's in the soil. How do we get better about being better about what we're standing on? And I think that, you know, we're coming to the end of this show. One of these days, we are going to get better about being repetitive on these podcasts, Eric. And we're also going to be bringing in guests, too, so that all our listeners don't always have to listen to us, although, you know, I think you and I like to listen to ourselves. (laughs) So here we are at the end of our show. Please, people, reach out. Nature's Touch Nursery and Harvest.Store. You know, Eric, you can easily reach Eric through me and or you can just go to any of the social medias and, and look up Eric Gorm or Melanie Blankenship and you can find us all there. I have a fun uh, Growing Food with Nature group on uh, Facebook. But I'm also on all the platforms. So you can, you can reach out, find us, join in the conversation, share with us topics. You can hear Eric and I do have a lot of different connections and we would love to share, but you got to stimulate the conversation with us. So um, tune in, check in, you know, reach out anyway. Happy New Year. Here we go on 2023. Um, Nature's Neighbor has been going since 2005. How many years is that, Eric? That's a lot. It's older than me. It is, right? No. <laughs> like, I mean, the only thing that's, it does have the right number, five. <laughs> Eric just celebrated a big birthday uh, oh, a couple of days ago. And yes, right. Eric is a lot older than me. Just putting that in out. In the rain. We celebrated we, in the rain. Oh, that's, oh, that's a good picture. <laughs> um, Eric is the big five zero, and so I'm not there yet. I got a couple of years. <laughs> I'm not I got, there yet. Even though we grew up together, we I am not there yet. <clears throat> so... Might feel like I am though today, but uh, happy birthday, Eric! And this will be that memorable year, right? You're happy. Oh, yeah. You're you're on that milestone time, so let's live it up and uh, do better as we move forward in this extremely changing, challenging, uncertain world. Let's make it certain because we already know our direction. So, guys, take care, and uh, we'll be back soon.